Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 201. I'm Ed Hawkins. This is the ultimate betting guide to your third test at Headingley. It's the Ashes. Are you in, Sam Collins, or are you out? Did you say in? You got your bat behind the line. We're a bit wary of you, given your performance on the WhatsApp group this week. You're livid. Edward Hawkins, I'm still mildly full of righteous indignation. Um, I'll have my say later, whether people like it or not. Um, but first, perhaps we should say hello to somebody people might be slightly more interested in hearing from. It's uh, it's Ian Bell, five times Ashes winner and the perfect guest to discuss a fiery second test. Hello, Ian. Hey, Sam. Evening, everyone. Evening, evening. Uh, that is not to diminish the uh, presence of Paul Krishnamurti of Betting.Betfair. He's lovely to listen to as well. Hello, Paul. Awesome. Excellent. And uh, we're looking forward to tapping into some local knowledge of Headingley from SportingLife.com's Richard Mann. Uh, fresh with a haircut, it looks like Richard Mann. Very sharp, very sharp. Hi, Sam. That is the benefit of these uh, YouTube videos after all. Right, lovely stuff. Um, straight on to Hawkins uh, just before we vent on the Kerry incident at Lord's. Um, for what's on this week? Uh, yeah, expert technique and psychological analysis from Ian Bell for this third test. And we've got team news, stats, trends, pitch reports, in-play angles, strategies, trades, players to follow, players to bet against. It's all here. Okay, lovely stuff. Our best bets to follow at the end of the show as well, guys. Um, uh, for, for, the, for the third test from Leeds, of course. A bit of series odds too, but there's only one place to start, Ian Bell. We know it's out. We know the rules of the game. Um, but should it really have been out? That's the question. Well, I think it was out, and it was probably the right thing to happen at the time. I watched it live, and I thought straight away I felt that was out. Do you know what I mean? Just a feel of the game, how quick it happened. You know, it wasn't like Kerry took his time. Um, spirit of the game is a completely different argument. You know, I, I felt having been in something similar situation with India, slightly different in terms of the ball had gone to the boundary. You know, I still think that I was accountable as a batsman not being in my crease. Um, I look at the way Johnny did that, and he, at not one point did he look behind. And I think you always do, whether you leave the ball, you know, whether you play and miss or it's a, it's a boundary, you look behind because. We don't know whether Kerry had missed the ball. You know, it took it cleanly. There's, there's so many things that could have happened that Johnny actually was unaware of what could have happened. And I just felt he left a little bit quickly, to be honest with you, his crease. Um, the argue about spirit of cricket, I mean, that could go on. Again, it's very difficult in, this, in, the, in the heat of the moment out there. You know, I'd like to have thought we would have done it. And Ben's already talked about we wouldn't have done it that way. And if I was in that situation, I'd like to thought I wouldn't have done it that way. But I think accountably to start with, was I think Johnny left his crease a bit early with unaware of what was going on behind him. And as a wicketkeeper in particular, you know, he tried it a couple of times, I think, with Australia as well. So he's aware of those kind of things can happen. So I do feel there's a little bit there. Um, but in terms of spirit of cricket, yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about there. Okay, but just just hang on. When you say that Johnny had tried it himself in the innings, it's slightly mm. different. I was changed batting up his crease. Johnny had been back into his crease and grounded his bat. There's there's advantage to be yeah. getting from batting out of your crease, right? As this is no advantage game. There is, but when you leave your crease early, you still leave yourself vulnerable, don't you? I mean, at the end of the day, you you don't leave your crease, I think, as a batsman, especially at that end. I agree that, and I've seen it a lot in county cricket and in England, in particular, on slow pitches, batters do try and bat out their crease to negate the seam bowlers. But any keeper, and Johnny as a wicket keeper, would know that, that any keeper's looking for anything, any a pattern that's happening, you know, and I'm sure Australia at some point would have taught whether it's short leg 
Um, one of the fielders certainly square onto the wicket. Look, he is not looking at what he's doing, you know, and you have to be careful. And again, it's such a fine line. I agree with you. Um, he was never never looking at run, but he was out of his crease within split seconds. You know, the way Carey did it, and that was the thing, in fast-paced motion, you know, it looked like he left his crease way too early for me. Yeah. It's not nice. And I, I, do you know what? With so much things that happened, Ben Stokes's innings and the, the series so far, it's, it's a horrible thing to really be talking about. We don't really want to talk about a run out, but I do feel there's a little bit there. Having gone through something similar myself and know what that feels like. But how, does it, responsibility. how does it? How does it feel, Ian? How did it feel at the time? Like, are you, were you emotional? Like, how would you think the England I, I think when you're in the moment, emotionally, you're trying to blame everyone else. But at the end of the day, when you close your hotel room and you go back in, you know, at the end of the day, there's only one person outside of your crease, and that was myself at Nottingham. Slightly different situation, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're controllable for that in, in high-stakes cricket in particular. I agree. I agree with you completely in terms of there's many ways to look at that. But at the end of the day, if Johnny had just taken his time looked behind him and then moved out, then we were talking about a totally different thing. The fact that he never recognised anything that was going on behind it, I think there's a conversation to have there. And I don't think Australia will will worry too much about that. Again, I don't think they're going to go home. I don't think they went home that night too worried about that. Um, and I thought Johnny would probably have gone into his room that night and thought that that's probably a mistake for me. Firstly, spirit cricket, again, is a completely different conversation. Yeah. No, understood. No, look, I mean, I just thought as a fan that um, I think the fans were, were cheated of a great contest, but that's very sad. Anyway, uh, Richard Mann, I see that Hawkins has asked you to pretend to be sympathetic to Australia as well here. <laughs> I, I think if, I think Ian makes some really good points there, and I think ultimately Johnny's accountable. He's made a mistake there, and I, I would like to think before asking Australians to apologise that he would have probably apologised to his team himself. He would have known he made a mistake. It was really dozy cricket. What I didn't like, well, two things I didn't like, there'll have been a lot of kids watching that on Sunday, inspired by Ben Stokes' innings, yet the takeaway from the whole game was that's how you win a game of cricket, through through a sneaky run out, and I, and I hate that we hear. Cummings is a custodian of the game, and he's there to inspire the next generation, and that didn't inspire me, and, and it wouldn't have inspired my kids who I hope to take up the game. The, the run out's one thing. I was just really disappointed with the Australian reaction after the game, actually. I thought Cummings in particular as captain and, and generally what seems a good guy could have taken a more conciliary approach with Mike Atherton and said, look, we had to do what we had to do, but we don't want to win that get where Johnny's been trying it himself and we, we had to sort of bite back and but hopefully we've all learned our lesson. We can move on and we, we can repair relations. But I didn't get that from Cummings in particular and the other Australians. And I think that for me is the real issue. Um, it was a bad way to win, but the Australians don't seem bothered. Um, and that's what rankles with me. But the decision itself, Johnny made a mistake and he's fully paid for it. Agree with you, Richard, man. The last thing we need, cricket is supposed to be an escape from culture wars and division. And um, I find it immensely tedious that we are being pulled into this uh, world. Right. Um, Hawkins, uh, you've broken it down succinctly on betting.betfair. Uh, can you give us a quick view of that? Uh, yes, I just think the context has been missing largely throughout the coverage on that day. And it was 2018, Newlands, Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark, Lyon, Smith, Warner, all part of that team. They're supposed to have a reimagining of their culture, and it was just precisely that a load of old nonsense. Whenever this lot come under pressure, they revert to these sort of tactics, and that is why the reaction was what it was in the long room and in the stadium. I'm absolutely amazed, uh, by and large, the yeah. media missed that on that day. But 
let's oh. let's get on with let's get on with the betting now because I think we're, we're we're done, aren't we? Okay, um, lovely stuff. Let's let's do that then, shall we? Should we take stock with some series prices on the Betfair Exchange? Full third test preview to come. Of course, Australia at one point two two to win the series. Unsurprisingly, two 0 up now. England are at elevens. Draws ten point five. Uh, Ian Bell, is the series over? Certainly not over. I mean, it's getting that way. But listening to Ben Stokes at the end, and he's very adamant, and the way he carries on, you know, and they have won test matches incredibly well and strongly. So they have the ability. There's no doubt. But it, I mean. I don't know what the forecast is this week, but we start losing days to cricket and Australia have the ability. They can bat long periods of time. They haven't won a toss yet. You know, England have had the best of conditions, no doubt, Edgebaston and it. Old Trafford, if that does flip, Australia won't, aren't going to give in England anything. So I think they, they we could see a draw at some point because they won't give us a sniff in a match if they get the right conditions and the right situation. So it's a bit of a worry, but I still believe England will win a test match, if not two. Um, but I'm still worried there's Australia, like I said, have enough in their case to, to suddenly get a draw somewhere. OK, uh, Paul Krishnamurti, what are your thoughts on correct series score? I know you and I both thought that, um, well, Hawkins has been talking about 4-1 Australia on betting the bet fair, jumped on the bandwagon we were on in uh, Cobb 199. Well, yeah, I've, I agree that that is the correct favourite, and I think that the current price 4.5 is excellent because... As long as this game isn't a draw, you're going to have a bet either way, whoever wins it, for one or two to go. So that's good odds. But the bet I've had is 3 2 England. And I think that yesterday, I think that yesterday might end up being the turning point of the series. I think that England are going to be completely full of righteous anger. I think every crowd from here on will be even more of a cauldron. I think they've got every chance of winning in Edinburgh. You know, they are inferior man for man. I think that's undoubtable. They have had the worst of conditions, yet they nearly won both games. Now, we can't get away from that. Um, and, you know, really a couple of moments in that game, that um, session, the end of the second day, we lost three daft wickets. That really blew the game for us. Uh, so I've backed us at 10-1. I mean, I'm already on 3-2 Australia and 4-1 Australia, so this kind of covers it and makes all three of 7-4. Do, do we think do we think England could take 60 wickets on probably the three flattest pitches in England. That that that'll be my concern. I think I don't think England have done either. Um, but taking 60 wickets against this lineup with the with that with this attack, no spinner, and Anderson, hopefully not, but kind of looking cooked as well. That's my concern. But Ben Stokes is just going to bowl straight through. So I think. We'll... <laughs> yeah, what? Don't doubt Stokes, Richard. Please. Um, Ian Bell, I'm going to move on to you. Um, two nil down in a Test series against a team which, let's face it, there's historical psychological, um, uh, you know, issues with. Being honest, from your your personal experience, do you think, even though these players are fully paid up members of the baseball cult, um, yeah. do you really think they believe that they can come back from this? Well, I think they believe. I think I think there's no doubt um, the management and everything they've done in the last 12 months suggests they can win games of cricket. You know, they've, like I said, from the era before with Silverwood, where it was it looked pretty bleak, and there was one in 18. I think that you know this era shows that they can win Test matches. Um, you know, and as has already been said, I think they'll come out all guns blazing again at Headingley, and anything's possible, isn't it? So. I, th- I think there's a number of things, isn't there? I thought the way they played in the second innings showed actually there's a little bit, there's, there's more to it than that. The way Duckett played, the way Stokes played, certainly the start of their innings, it was, it was back to sort of normal cricket. And then Stokes went into another gear. 
I think if we can do that first innings at times, you know, we were still 100, was it 180 for one as well? So there were moments where we've shown that actually we can do that. We just haven't done it enough. And there's been reckless cricket along the way. And the more we can just adapt, I think that, that, that gets some smart thinking into this aggression. I actually really like the aggression. I like the positivity. But we've just got to make sure that the right times, and that's what Australia have done so far in these two, that they've won key moments and we've, we've lost them. But there's also some sort of fundamental inconsistencies in baseball. I mean, you must have been weeping at some of those dismissals. And then, you know, a batting ethos, which is entertain at all costs, is replaced by a bowling ethos, which is let's bore the pants off everybody on the planet. I mean, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, I think so, Sam. But I think also that I, I felt like that watching it live, you know, the first innings when you see one guy get a caught on the hook and then the next one get a caught. But then Australia did exactly the same in the second inning. So I, I sort of went a little bit easier on England just for the fact that Australia did exactly the same thing. And obviously on that pitch, there was nothing for full, you know, top of off or traditional bowling. So they had to, and both teams resorted to the same tactics. Obviously it was two paced from back of a length, um, you know, cross seam deliveries that could come off completely different. Um, and there was a lot of dot balls there. It was a way of actually controlling England and Australia uh, from mm -hmm. scoring runs, which is something that McCollum's done before with, um, with New Zealand anyway. It's a tactic they use with Wagner a lot, a lot of short pitch, but on flat pitches. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. Uh, you do, ideally, I mean, in the era I played in, generally, if someone got caught on the hook in there, you, you didn't, generally didn't follow, follow suit as a batting unit. Otherwise, you're in the coach's office getting an absolute bollocking. But th there's no bollockings these days. It's just a matter of how are you going to score runs? How are you going to take on Australia? Um, but there's, a, there's an argument that they could have, in the first innings in particular, just got under as enough balls as they could. No Nathan Lyon. Right, we'll see you at T. You keep bowling these. We'll get under them. And then we'll score as many as we can after T because you've got no spinner or no backup bowlers to come. So there's an argument that they could have done that as a tactic as much as being as aggressive as they could in the first innings. OK, no bollockings in this England team, just Jaeger bombs, I think. Probably. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, that's moving on. Nice half volley free in there. Uh, Ian Bell, England test legend, is providing exclusive content for betting.betfair and the cop throughout this Ashes series. Check out his column on betting.betfair now. He'll also be providing live videos after each session of the third test. Um, Hawkins, you and Paul Krishnamurti also have some in-play schemes up your sleeve for game three. Uh, tell us more. Yeah, we're taking over at Betfair Exchange Twitter account. We did it uh, at Cricket Betting live throughout the second test. I'm singly responsible for the uh, rate check on Twitter. That was all down to me spamming everybody with... Uh, tweets every 20 seconds. Okay, that's um, that's excellent news. Uh, we've got the third test covered for you as well. Now, here we have the preview. Uh, best bets for this one at the end of the show. It starts on Thursday. Headingly live on Sky Sports. Bet for exchange price is currently 2.3 Australia, 2.76 England, uh, 3.2 a physical fight and the draw at 4.8. Start with the teams, Hawkins. Uh, suspect England might go Crawley, Duckett, Pope, Root, Brooke, Stokes, Bairstow, Moeen coming back in, uh, Broad, Robinson, Tongue. I uh, don't know how they get a Wood into this team unless they drop Robinson. Australia, Kawaja, Warner, Labrashane, Smith, Head, Green, Kerry, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood and Todd Murphy, the spinner coming in for Lyon. That's my guess. I was um, I was told today a little bit of uh, inside info. I was told today that uh, Dan Lawrence has been told he will bat at three. I don't know if that's true or not, but take that or leave it. Um, Ian Bell, um, views please um, on that England top order. Um, is there a possibility Ben Stokes might be a better fit for number three than Ollie Pope now? 
allow us to bring in Mark Wood. Uh, does Moeen play? Is Anderson now a spent force? Uh, answer any of the above or none of the above. Uh, I think I think Moen will come in. Uh, the one thing I didn't quite like with the lineup recently was just I didn't think Stuart Border eight worked. Take away all the bowling options, it just felt way too light. So I think Moen will come back in. I think he'll be fine. That solves one of the problems. Um, if Pope's not fully fit or they make a change, okay, I, I see that's fair enough with Lawrence. Part of me, you know, they get the ashes on the line right now. So we can talk about rotating and resting people for the fourth and the fifth test. But if the series has gone at the end of Headingley, you know, what's the point of resting? Um, I feel like we have to see Mark Wood if he's fit. I, I just, I wouldn't like to thought the ashes were gone without him seeing him bowl a delivery. And then we see him at the Oval bowling Thunderbolts. Um, we just got to find a way of getting in. But how we do that, again, you know, it's difficult. Robinson's been good. I don't see Anderson playing. I think they'll play him at Old Trafford in the Oval, so he'll probably rest. Um, so, it, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see what they do. Tong, again, probably deserves to play because I thought he was probably England's best bowler. Or well, he looked good. Um, but again, I'd, if Wood was fit, I'd probably play him over Tong just because I, I think we have to see him while the Ashes is still on the line. OK, and what about, what about the batting? Do you think Stokes could bat three in this side? And, and Johnny feels a bit low at seven, doesn't he, given, you know, everything he did last year? Um, yes. I mean, again, they, they might have to go in with that potentially. If, if they, well, they'd have to leave another batter out. So who do they leave out if they left out Pope? They're not going to bring it. If they're going to leave a batter out, they're certainly not going to bring in Lawrence. But um, part of me thinks, listening to what Stokes and McCullum, they're not going to panic with the batting. I think they'll go with the same batting. It's the combination of the bowling. Um, you know, obviously Stokes is hobbling around. That's not enjoyable to watch, certainly live. When you're watching him hobbling around with the ball, it doesn't mm-hmm. look amazing. I think him at full tilt, they might have to gamble and leave a batter out just so that they could get 20 wickets. I think Richard said it. They've got to get 60 wickets now on probably the three of the best surfaces in England. You know, how are they going to do that? Are they going to sacrifice a batter to make sure they can get those wickets? Uh, that that will be an interesting combination to what they do. OK, lovely they, stuff. They have, they have to get Wood in it when you consider that the last te- test was all about sharp pitch bowling. He's the fastest bowler in the world. The, the, you know, even if he's not even 100% fit, if this match is going to be decided on sharp pitch bowling and quick bowling, he just, he just has to play. Even if he's no good for Old Trafford, the, the, he just has to play. They've got to get him in. Okay, uh, Paul Krishnamurti, if I'd told you pre-series that Nathan Lyon had played two tests, how much would you have had on England to win the series? Well, of course, the odds would have been different. Um, but I think it is a game for Jonah, potentially, and it's another reason behind my change of heart and backing England to win 3-2 at 10-1. I mean, this was probably, if there was one adv- particular advantage that Australia held over, it was in the spin department, and they've lost that. Todd Murphy's a decent um, spinner, for sure, but I think Lyon is pretty much a replacement. It's a big ask for him to come here. Or what would probably be a bit of a road as well, judging by the county games. You know, I could keep seeing going for a lot in the first innings and the confidence would go. So, yeah, good news. Definitely good news for England. Another reason to stick and come back. Okay. Um, Hawkins, pitch report, please. Yeah, eight tests in eight years, no draws. Five of those, one by the team fielding first. Only two scores of 300 or more in those eight. Three under 200. 322 and 359 chased in the fourth. Tend to look up with uh, regard to what the pitch is going to do. If it, the sun is out, it's great for batting. Uh, day two looks an absolute belter in terms of the sun coming out. Runs in first class cricket this season, as Paul just mentioned. 550, played 464 Yorkshire versus Gloucestershire. Uh, in a draw only about a week ago. This is the second worst win-loss ratio of home venues for 
England. I'm not saying that because uh, it's of historical value. It's just to get carried away that Leeds is this absolute fortress for England, which is a bit of a myth. Okay. Ian Bell, um, you have a Leeds ton under your belt, but um, not your happiest hunting ground. You can blame Ed Hawkins for digging out these stats, averaging 22 <laughs> in eight tests. Um, pitch report from you, please. I mean, from how I felt, I agreed. I mean, I think I got 100 and then maybe a couple of 50s, not many. I, I found it was a ground that you were never quite in on as a batsman. Uh, as Ed said, when the sun comes out, it can be a fast scoring ground, but it always felt like you had a ball that could do something at some point. And so as a bowling unit, if you could stay in areas long enough, you know, there's a decent ball in there. And that's how I felt when I batted there, you know, and probably like I said, in my whole career, only scoring 100 at that venue, it definitely was my worst venue out of the lot, but it always felt, like I said, you know, if the sun was out for an hour, it could, but then when the cloud, clouds rolled in, it could be a very different wicket quite quickly. Um, yeah, so you, you're never quite in as a batsman. So it'd be fascinating to see, again, if, it, if it's anything that England want, it will try and be as flat as it possibly can. I think the important thing will be the, the support England get around the, the ground and then the overhead conditions. It would be you know, a fascinating test match. OK. Um, Richard Mann, one little bit of local knowledge from you, please, on pitch and not off it. It just really flattened out. I think it's flattened out than it was when Ian was playing. You just have to look at recent one-day cricket scores. Clearly, if the overheads come in, that's a different game. But if it's clear, I mean, it's a road and it holds together as well. Betting second innings runs is definitely an angle. Um, and just the other thing, just, just getting a feel around local cricket over the weekend. The Aussies might have thought they got a reception at Lords on that final day, but I can tell you now the, no- the Northern crowd are really gearing up for this. Um, it's going to be a real cold one for Australia come Thursday morning. Let's hope this isn't like Richard Man's last appearance on <laughs> um, the um, right business time. Ian, who's going to win this game? How and why? Oh wow! I'm going to go with England to win this. I think just the. I think we saw a bit of Ben Stokes. I mean, again, it was a magnificent innings, but I thought we started seeing him back as leading from the front. I've just got this feeling England will get, I think Australia still could win the toss, but I think, as I said, I think I can see England knocking off a score. Um, I've just got this feeling, I think Root home, Bairstow back at home. You know, I've just got this feeling that they they will click this week and hopefully we will see Mark Wood and and that might be the difference as well. Okay. um, Excellent. Richard Mann, any standout trades or strategies from you here? Well, I'm going to let talk, Paul talk about runs because he's better at it than I am. But two two uh, strategies. I'm going to be shorting two Australians. Travis Head, particularly for Wood players, because he just looked really, really vulnerable to the short ball to me. And what India and England have struggled with is they've picked up early doors and tried to swing him out. Then they've gone short and he's been in a rhythm and it's too late. But second innings at Eggbaston, they just went short from the off and he was dismissed for a low score. I, just, I think, excuse the pun, I think Mark Wood could, could take his head off. Um, and the other one's Usman Khawaja because, look, I know he's played really well so far, but you break down every innings of Khawaja in this series and he's given chances and England just haven't held the catches. He's really rode his luck. Um, I'll be short in both of those guys. If England start to catch, I think Khawaja could have a quiet game. OK, Paul Krishnamurti, headingly one of your favourite grounds for innings run strategies, I gather. How do we bet here? Yeah, well, it's all about the overheads, and you can you've got to back the extremes. I mean, it doesn't always come off, but we've seen several sub one hundred scores, which is you know a twenty five to one shot minimum, maybe a fifty to one shot to happen. 
And also, I think that if there's any ground this summer where we're going to see 500, 600, and we've seen England score some huge totals in recent times with scoring very quickly, it's here. And like I say, look at the um, the score in the county championship. It really does scream overs if the sun's back overs if the sun's out. Uh, so I would back 500 plus there. Uh, second, the second innings, it does seem that this is even more the case. Um, now, obviously, you're not allowed to get 500 in the second innings because it won't be time. But if there's realistic time to get 400, I would definitely be interested in backing that, whoever backs in third innings. Uh, and you'll probably get very nice odds on that. And finally, I've been covering this a lot on Twitter, I thought this week, session runs or short-term run targets, like the next 10 overs, next 20 overs. Again, if the sun's out, six, seven overs, perfectly plausible here. And there is no way the market would be wise to that. It may be set a little bit higher, but it won't be set at four and a half, four and four runs over. I think that's easily within range if the sun's out. Okay, uh, Hawkins, batters to follow, please. Uh, yeah, three possible angles for you. Stokes only has one win in 15, however, he seems to have been uh, woken up. The Kraken awakes. So he's 32 Betfair Sportsbook topic. First innings run scorer. Route two wins in 14 in the first innings, however, he is a bit in the bat, a bet in the second innings with his incredible record. 92 first innings ton is a value on win rate. Pope is a core batter in the second innings, suggests shortening his runs. For Australia, Kaj has nine wins out of 19, 100 to 30. Smith has two wins in 22 now in first innings. 11 to 10 for first innings, 50. Bet on win rate, 7 to 2 for a ton. And not quite a bet on win rate, but a really poor second innings record for Smith in the last two years. No 50s at all. And I think he's averaging about 22, 23. Okay, um, Ollie Pope first things runs are available to short at twenty nine point five um, at five to six with Betfair Sportsbook. Um, Ian Bell, um, who do you think looks in good touch in in this in these top orders? Who doesn't? Lambashane still seems to be struggling slightly. Yeah, and I saw him at um, at uh, Lords having a long long hit. Actually, when Australia was still batting, I think he was out that night. So. I mean, his work ethic is second to none, and his record suggests he won't miss out the whole way through this series. Um, I, I think, again, England's top order, again, there's been some nice things. I mean, it was great to see Duckett. You know, it would have been nice to see him convert, but um, we certainly need the other guys. I mean, still statistically, I mean, I know Stokes played that amazing 100 recently, second innings, but if it isn't for Root getting a first innings 100, we, we've got a lot of 50s, but no one's really making those match-winning contributions early to set the game up. So we'd start need to start seeing Crawley. You know, obviously Duckett had a good game, but Pope, you've got to start converting these starts into match winning and not just relying on Joe Root to score hundreds in the first innings. So that, that's going to be really important for England. Um, yeah, I know you've talked about Kawaja, but watching him out there again, I thought he's just in that kind of little bubble, his little zone. He sort of found a, a method, um, certainly in these conditions, which he hasn't done before. Um, you know, will Warner get going? There was, there was glimpses. Um, but for me, just more on focusing on England, you know, I just need to see some one of the top three start converting starts into hundreds and not just seeing Joe Root being the one guy that's going to score hundreds in the first innings. OK, um, players to follow or swerve nice and quick from you, please, Richard Mann and then Paul Krishnamurti. Yeah, I am keen again on Steve Smith this week because I think for the first time England have got cause for optimism because 
like me and Ian disagree here, but I, I, I think they can get at Kawaja. I think Broad especially has really got Labashian in trouble ahead with the short ball. So I think Steve Smith is a standout there. Uh, and I couldn't put anyone off Ben Stokes for England. He looks to have the bit between his teeth now. And we talked about it last summer, poor tempo to his batting, but he, he just looks, even in the first innings at Lords, he looked like he had a really good tempo again to his batting. Um, I think he'll finish the series strongly. You remember in 2019, Century at Lords kicked him on, he finishes England's top one score. And I, I think the same again is going to happen. Okay, Paul Krishnamad. Well, I think given the expectations that this is going to be a bit of a rose, the bet here is to back first innings tons for a few player players. And I'm going to say five players, and I wouldn't deter anyone from backing all five. You only need one to win to get your money back or make a profit. Two is a nice big win. So that would be Steve Smith in Hearts to 9 to 2, Kawaja 13 to 2, Head 15 to 2, Rook at 15 to 2, and Pope at 15 to 2. Okay, thank you very much. Hawkins, players, um, bowlers to follow data, please. Yeah, covering seven returns in 18, 5 2 with Betfair Sports, but hasn't won yet. Not sure why he's uh, not coming to the party, really could do with it. We we're all on him last time. Uh, Hazelwood, 130 of the top three Aussie bowlers, nine wickets in 2019. For England, four returns in nine. For Robinson, seven wickets last time at Headingley. Uh, Anderson averages 18 here. Um, so it's difficult to see how they leave him out on that record when they absolutely have to win but I, I don't see how uh, he can go back to back again Okay, um, Ian, of the bowlers on the show who do you think suits Leeds? Yeah, I mean again for me as I said in the, in the past you know, it's been guys that can hold a line of length you always felt they had a ball and you know, a ball with your name on it but again I think you need a variety don't you now as we said the wicket has got flatter so we're going to need a real variety. I think, you know, that's where Wood does come into this. If it becomes an absolute road, genuine pace makes a big difference. Um, and you can't just have a same attack. So I'd expect England to look at that. Um, so it'll be interesting. Again, will they play Stark? Again, Stark, I thought was a difference. It looked, Australia looked a little bit same here, Edge Baston with, um, with Boland in there. So the extra pace, different angle, just looked much better balanced. So I think the guys who have got a little bit, you know, more speed through the air, on flat pitches is definitely a priority. And if there's any reverse swing, because again, it's the kind of ground where, like the over, where you train on the main ground. So there's going to be lots of dry pitches. So the fact that there might be some extra pace with the reverse swing and it's dry, if it's dry weather, then that could be an impact as well on, on a flat pitch. Okay. Um, Richard Mann, Paul Krishnamurti, any views on that? Just would for me if he played because we know they're going to use him at the, the tail with the short stuff and, and Ian's just somebody up perfectly. Really good reverse swing bowler and I think Headingley suits that, as Ian said. Okay, thanks. Paul Krishnamurti. I, I prefer Ollie Robinson. I just think he's bowled very well. 11 4 is a very solid price given how he's playing. Took seven wickets on his sole appearance here against India. Um, although an even better bet, which I've just had before coming on air, was 6.4 about Ollie Robinson top series wicket taker. That's a really good price given really how uncompetitive that probably will be. He's only one behind Broad who might well miss a game yet. Um, Nathan Lyon who's sturdy out with two ahead of Cummings and I think this might well just boil down to Broad, Cummings and Robinson. So bigger than five to one is definitely value. Okay. Okay, um, I think with that, I'm calling time on the third test preview. Ian Bell will have the final word as ever in a second. Might be a nice recipe, life advice, um, anything. 
you know, he fancies, which is great. We look forward to that. Um, but for now, it is best bet time. And I hand over to Hawkins with the five point challenge. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, no winner last week on five points challenge. Dan Kelly from Melbourne. Uh, thanks for coming on two units in Australia to win, which of course happened, but loses on Duckett and Cummins top bowler. Uh, Duckett was a run short. We all lost on Cummins top bowler. This week it's Bob Davis, five points to spend. Winner stays on. Uh, he's just tweeted me with the uh, with the units. 1.5 points start, top Australia bowler. One point head, top Australia bat 92. Betfair Sportsbook, these are first innings. And then a 1.5 point double going unders on green runs and carry runs, five to six to pair, 27.5 runs for green and 22.5 runs for carry the cheat. Uh, sorry, I didn't, I, I didn't mean that. Uh, and uh, straight, please, to... Paul Christopher Christ Murphy, for your five points, Paul. Okay, so for each side's first innings, I'll have one point on them getting 500 plus, whatever that odds that would be. And then the other three points, I will split between five players to get a ton in the first century. And literally, what we've been making us change my statement plan around a little bit here, so ignore us before. I mean, 0.75 points, Smith, 92. 0.75 points, Root, 92. Half a point each, Head, Kawaja, and Brook. 15-2, Uh Richard Mann, please. Right, a couple of bowling ones to start, but I'm going to have a, a point uh, on Usman Kawaja under first innings runs 26.5 at 5 to 6 uh, and a point under Travis Head at 29.5 at 5 to 6. And then Steve Smith, top Australia first innings batsman at 11 to 4. And Mark Wood, another point, uh, topping on first innings bowler at 3 to 1. And then the final point, Ben Stokes, first innings 50 at 11 to 4. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, gents. Uh, Ian Bell. It's your time to to finish this show. No pressure. What have we got? Headingly. Uh, well, certainly not as good a lunches as Lords that we talked about last time. Uh, definitely nowhere in the same uh, ballpark. But the Western Terrace is something I'm looking forward to. Three Yorkshire lads playing. Bairstow's been run out by the Aussies. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. Hopefully England are back on and, and, and back into this series 2-1. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing the reaction of of just the whole thing, actually. There's been a lot of emotion, a lot of talk in this last Test match, but really looking forward to what that looks like at Headingley. It's going to be emotional. The first hour is going to be absolutely incredible. Okay. Thank you very it's much. It's worth, worth reminding, Richard, the, about the fine if you go onto the pitch, Richard. Okay. <laughs> no, <Okay>. come on. <laughs> Thanks very much, gents. Um, head over, do head over to betting.betfair for Ian Bell's columns, in-play videos, Hawkins' third test preview um, and live tweeting from Ed Hawkins and Paul Krishnamurti if you want to exceed your rate limit uh, during the third test at Betfair Exchange. Uh, we will see you next time on the Cobb. And here's to a less rancorous week.